Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I am your host, Rick Wolf. I want to start today's show with a big, big uh, shout-out to all of you who were able to attend the social media discussion we had at Montclair State this past Wednesday evening. In a packed theater in the brand-new School of Communications and Media, the discussion was lively and really full of great insights. And our panelists, uh, law professor Doug Abrams, uh, former, former NFL star Roman Oban, Livingston High School Athletic Director Rich Porfido and Courtney Cunningham, who's the Associate Head Basketball Coach at Montclair State, they really came up with some terrific observations, as did the audience. And I think the the most important conclusion was the following, that social media concerns have become so pervasive for our young athletes today that the time has finally come for our schools to step up and to start to institute some serious classes for a full semester or two on the perils of social media. And as it turns out, some teachers and coaches are already doing this, and that's great. And the general consensus is that we now need the school boards pretty much everywhere to step up and institute social media instruction. For example, you know, a generation ago, it was pointed out at the uh, seminar, you know, high schools used to offer civics classes, classes on how the government works, how our community works, and, and so on. But now, in the 21st century, we really need to educate our kids about social media. You know, not so much on how to use social media, but to make sure that social media doesn't use us. And to that end, that we really need to repeat and repeat and reinforce to our young athletes that stupid or loudish postings can only come back to haunt you later. And again, my thanks to everyone who attended. I hope we can do more of these interactive town hall meetings uh, in the future. Okay, moving on. This morning, I want to talk about the age-old theme of hustling in a game. Now, I have to ask you, have you been watching or listening to some of the actions and explanations of the Dodgers star shortstop Manny Machado? I'm talking about his very open approach about not caring about having to hustle during a ball game. Let me read you a direct quote from Machado when he was asked by the national media why he didn't run hard in a playoff game last week against Milwaukee during a key play. This is a direct quote. I, obviously, I'm not going to change. I'm not the type of player that's going to be Johnny Hustle and run down the line and slide to first base and, you know, whatever can happen. That's just not my personality. That's not my cup of tea. That's not who I am. Should I have run on that pitch? Yeah, but I didn't, and I got to pay the consequences for what for, for it. I, does it look bad? It looks terrible. I look back at the video, and I'm like, whoa, 
What was I doing? End quote. Again, that's Manny Machado. Now, if you follow baseball at all, you know Machado is one of the premier shortstops in the game today, and he's going to be a free agent uh, after the season comes to an end. He's going to score a contract probably anywhere over 250 to $300 million. Now, lots of kids look up and respect Machado, but what a, mes- what a message he's putting forth. In Friday night's World Series game, for example, he hit what he thinks is going to be a home run. So he takes time, takes his time running down the first baseline. Then when the ball bounces off the left field wall, he decides that, uh-oh, I, maybe I should start to hustle, maybe get a double off of this. But by that point, the Red Sox had already gotten the ball back into the infield, and in short, Manny was left with a single, a single off the left field wall. If he had hustled right from the start out of the batter's box, he certainly would have had a double. And again, this is the World Series we're talking about. And again, Machado isn't a special case. Bryce Harper is another young star who doesn't always seem to understand that you have to play hard all the time. Recall not too long ago when Harper was benched for not hustling in a game. Look, these guys have all sorts of talent. That's not the question here. They, and they play, of course, at the highest level of professional baseball. But the message about hustling either doesn't apply to them or they just don't care. So my question this morning is, as a coach, either at the collegiate or high school, travel team, youth level, what have you done? What, what would you do if one of your players didn't hustle in a game? Do you just bench them? I mean, or more importantly, what do you say to them? What kind of message can you get across, especially when they're young, developing, and very still impressionable? one 337 We're talking about the seemingly the lost art of hustling in a, in a ball game. Not just baseball, but all sports. What do you do? It's as simple as that. I'm, I'm got to tell you, I'm, I'm stunned and amazed we're having this conversation in the year 2018, but we are. Let's, uh, let's go over to our friend Ed over to Elizabeth. Ed, good seeing you last, uh, last past, past week over in Montclair State. Thank you, Rich. And it was a great, great presentation by you and your, and your panel. It was outstanding. And Thank all you. That. Great. We had a great, uh-huh. great, great turnout, as you know, and it was, I thought it went over very, very well. Well, you know what was good about it, too? Um, as a former college coach, I've seen uh, either coaches or athletic directors who were players I tried to recruit to play college baseball. So it was a, it was a fun gathering, not only for the, um, uh, for, for the presentation, but to get to see some old friends and all that. Yeah, was, and for me, for, you know, because you know, I, I, I talk to people like yourself and others uh, on, the, on the radio here and have a chance to see you guys in person, to shake your hand and, and to uh, you know, pay you tribute for your great comments. It was very, very meaningful to me as well. So thank you, Ed. This is a great topic that you got on now. Ed, me coaching. (laughs) The player is out of the game. I don't care who's there or anything. Because you know what? It doesn't cost anything to hustle. That's the saying I use to my players. Right. I mean, if Derek Jeter for 20 years can hustle, why can't Manny Machado? And not only that, if you watched the game last night, Manny tried to pull his stun again of almost taking the first baseman's leg out again. Yes. See, that's not... That goes in off another odd direction. Like, what what is going on here? Why would you want to potentially injure an opponent? That's that's another you know head scratcher as well, Ed. I don't understand how this has evolved. Right, and uh, again, uh, I just hope the Yankees don't sign him. I, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I'm a Yankee fan, but this guy, you know, as talented as he is, he's he's, he's not what what we try to teach the younger players about baseball and all that. I, and uh, it's, it's funny. I've had conversations with college coaches about that. Yeah. And uh, 
they're not happy, and hopefully this this doesn't become an issue with with the college players. But in college, it's a different situation. You don't want to hustle. You don't play. I lose my scholarship. Yeah, it's a little different. You said there's more leverage at the collegiate level where the kid is you know, not making two hundred or three hundred million dollars guarantee, but more it's about getting a chance to keep their scholarship. And it's such an easy, you know, it's 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 just difficult to get a youngster to explain why they feel they're not going to hustle. Now Machado, you know, to his, I mean, he's, his, his his candor is amazing. He said that's just not my cup of tea. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> Bob. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine if you're if you're a vet, if you're a coach and trying to teach kids on the way up what to do? Well, I'm waiting for a kid. To, I'm waiting for the kids to say, "Hey, I'm going to be the next Manny Machado. I don't have to hustle." Yeah, that, well, that, that'll be that'll be the next comeback line. I tell you, and, and you can just imagine that what what his teammates you know think when he says stuff like this. You know, his teammates who are hustling and are trying to win the World Series are thinking, "So I'm busting my butt." And this guy is already saying, ah, "I don't. That's not my cup of tea. I don't do that." I mean, well, I, well it, it happened with the Boston Red Sox last night. Vasquez on that diving try in the outfield. He yep. was only on first base. He, he should have been on second. I, it's 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 just inexplicable. I, I I don't know. It seems to me that this is a uh, look. Uh, Manny's not the first guy not to have hustled, but he may be the first guy to actually acknowledge the fact that he doesn't think that's important to his game or to his team or to the team's efforts. It's it's very it's very unsettling. Ed, hey, well, thanks. I, let, me, let me move on, but thank you for your thoughts. Have a great day, Rick, and again, great show on Wednesday night. Thank you, Ed. Appreciate it. Uh, that is Ed Ward, who is just terrific, a long-time contributor to the show, and uh, always brings a great, great perspective to the topics we're talking about. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, Larry in Tom's River, New Jersey. Larry, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. Can you hear me, Rick? Yes, sir. Well, my comments, I have two of them. The first one is, very difficult for parents and coaches because the one thing you forgot to say is Machado will still get his money. Absolutely. And as long as there are teams willing to give him his money, and believe me, the Yankees will be one of them, then obviously they don't care enough about that kind of thing to make a difference. That's my first point. The second point is baseball has evolved, so the managers are, you know, they can't do what they used to do, but I'm old enough to remember Billy Martin pulling Reggie Jackson out of right field and sure. confronting him in the dugout because he didn't hustle. He was a superstar. He didn't hustle. Guess what? He got pulled out of the game. You'll never see that today. That's part of the problem also. You want to send a message to the kids? Have the manager pull Machado out of the game. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's the World Series or anything. Listen, you either hustle or you don't play. It doesn't matter what game it is and it don't matter how good you are. Have a good day. I'll listen to your thoughts. Okay, Larry. And, and I will tell you, yeah, I, of course, uh, going back to the 70s and Billy Martin and Reggie Jackson with the Yankees, we're almost at the point now where if a manager is hired by uh, a team, uh, it, it, you know, maybe that conversation has to be held in advance where the manager says, look, I want, I want the, the full power that of one of my superstars, I don't care how many millions of dollars he's getting paid, but if he's not going to hustle, or in my opinion, he's not making a full 100% effort like the rest of the guys in the team, I have the ability to bench him and not play him until he understands what this game is all about. Uh, that's, a, that's, a huge, that's a huge ask these days by managers. It wasn't in the past, but these days with the, the contracts the players are, are, are you know, getting and the owners basically are running the show, 
you know, it's going to be hard for an owner to say to a manager, okay, I get that. I signed this guy for a guaranteed $300 million, but if he doesn't hustle, then you have, the, you have every right to, to bench him, and I will back you up. I'm not sure that's going to happen these days uh, because, unfortunately, yeah, Machado will get his money. Uh, some team, whether – I don't know if it would be the Yankees, but somebody's going to pay him a lot of money because he has great talent. It's just, it's just a shame that this guy doesn't understand how much better he could even be if he actually played the game at 100% level all the time. And, and benching, uh, fining, uh, other ways of getting the word – I don't know. I mean, to me – this kind of stuff all starts at the youth level where the ball players have to be not coddled or given a sense of entitlement. They have to be they have to learn early on how to play the game and play the game the right way. I mean, all right, let me let me take a, a time out here. Uh, Dave Uraham has your update. When we come back after Dave's uh, update, I'll go right back to your calls here at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. 5.com. Back here on the Sports Edge, we're talking this morning about the the growing art, or I should say the, the, the concerning art of hustling that seems to be going away as part of uh, the sports scene. And I, I assume that that being taught to hustle, it's one of those things that is taught, uh, should be taught and enforced at a very, relatively young age. Remember, hustling has nothing to do with a kid's talent. Anyone can hustle. doesn't cost anything. And I do think it starts with kids at a young level taking pride in how they present themselves, how they, how they run out to their position, or how it's a gauge of their own personal pride to keep hustling, even if the score is lopsided or if they've had a, a personally have had a bad game. And coaches, I know it's difficult when one of your top players isn't hustling, but if you look the other way and try to ignore it, what kind of message are you sending to that kid and to the rest of your team? Trust me, friends, there's nothing, there's nothing cool or there's, there's no upside to athletes who don't hustle. If anything, it screams, I'm selfish. I don't care about the team. I don't care about my teammates. And I don't care if we win or lose. one 337 6666 I want to get your thoughts about this because, like so much in sports today, things, the landscape seems to be shifting. And now we have, of course, Manny Machado saying, hey, Hustling? Sorry, not my cup of tea. I'm not into that. Let's go to uh, to Greg up in Connecticut this morning. Greg, good, smor- good, smor- <laughs> good morning. You're on the fan. I'm good get- morning, man. I'm get- um, getting all worked up about this, Greg. So <laughs> you and me both. I am. Um, I'm from Connecticut. I uh, I work down in uh, closer to New York, so I pick up the New York station. I love you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am a diehard Red Sox fan. Um, so I'm I'm kind of an enemy territory here. Mm-hmm. But one of the things you know, throughout my, my life of being a Red Sox fan and, and enjoying the, the Yankee-Red Sox rivalry was enjoying some of the players, you know, on the Yankees who made the rivalry so good. Right. And obviously there were some players, you know, that just I just didn't like. But one of them that I, I admired and I appreciated was Derek Jeter. Sure. And something stuck out to me a couple years back, and I'm not sure if it's he who said it or he who repeated it, but Derek Jeter said something along the lines of, you know, why do I hustle? Why do I play like I do this late in my career? And his response was, and I'm not sure if he quoted somebody else, but said, you know, I do it for the kid who's in the crowd who may have never seen me play before. Mm-hmm. He's coming to the stadium to see Derek Jeter and wants to see the best Derek Jeter there is. And, you know, I always admired that and always appreciate that as a Red Sox fan because, I mean, that's just good for sports. And I think 
that's a, a dying breed uh, attitude in sports these days. You know, the culture, it's indicative of the culture of the, the, the selfishness in sports and it's transcending and it's not just baseball. It's, it's all the sports, you know, you see it in football with, you know, the, the loud mouth wide receivers who want the ball and just give me the ball. We're, we're getting away from the do whatever it takes to win attitude and turning more into the do whatever it takes to promote myself attitude. Um, well, you know, I say, Greg, I, I, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised, certainly, if, if Derek Jeter had said that, although I will think, I do think he was um, basically uh, paraphrasing that quote came from Joe DiMaggio, who was asked yeah, the question, was you know, saying, like, how can we work, how can we play so hard all the time, even late in your career? And DiMaggio has said, because there may be somebody out there in the crowd today who had never seen me play. And I want to make sure they, they see that I, I play the game the right way, or words to that effect. But the sentiment is certainly is the same, and certainly it sounds like something that Jeter would obviously say as well. And yeah, I, I don't understand. Um, I mean, it seems to me, and Greg, thank you for the call this morning. You know, it seems to me that, that it, it's a kind of thing where it, you play sports at an elite level, uh, at the collegiate level, professional level, whatever it might be, there's sort of like an, a, a sense of obligation or responsibility that goes with that that says it's assumed that you're going to want to play at 100% all the time, including hustling, including doing the things that make the game, make you look good, make your teammates look good, really give a sort of a polish to, to the sport itself. So when you have players who now openly say, like Machado, that ah, I, I'm not really into that, doesn't really, I mean, that that gets you to start to think like, what what do we miss here? What are you doing? I don't understand it's so jarring to the uh, traditional American sports psyche. It's just hard to sort of ponder. Uh, let's move on. Let's go to uh, Sean out in Long Island. Sean, good morning. You're on the fan. Morning, Rick. How's it going? Good. Long How time you, good. Thank you. Um, just going to make a quick point, then I'll hang up and I'll listen to your comments. Uh, I, I have a feeling that a lot of this started, you know, when they started with that whole everybody wins attitude. You know, growing up as a kid and playing sports all my life, you, you, you hustled because you wanted to beat the kid next to you. Right. Because if you didn't beat him, you weren't the starter. You weren't the top player. You, you, you did everything you could to get yourself on top. Once it came down to it didn't matter what place you came in, that, that art of wanting to beat the kid was lost, and so went the hustle. Hmm. Now, that generation, when they move on to the next level, it's harder for the coaches to, take, to breed that out of them because it's already implanted in their head. And that's the group of kids that we have now making it to the major leagues and the NFL. That's that generation that's now starting to move in. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And uh, thanks for taking my call, Rick, and I'll listen to your comments. Well, that, uh, thanks, Sean. That, that's an interesting perspective that maybe we have sort of, as, as he suggests, that we have now begun to breed a, a, a core of young athletes who from early on it's not so much about winning being the most important element in the game, in the competition, that it's okay to finish second, third, whatever. And maybe that's sort of leading to the sense of like, well, why should I hustle? Because it makes no difference whether I come in first, second, third, or don't come in the top three. I mean, that's that's an interesting kind of uh, mindset as well. And and if that's, if that's resulted in a lack of hustle, that is very distressing and very disturbing. I'm not I'm not quite sure. I mean, it just seems to me maybe let me take a different tact on this. Maybe the idea of winning and being competitive and hustling is so 
intertwined together. Maybe it's part of, a, of an athlete's uh, genetic blueprint, that, that that's how they're put together uh, from the time they're born, that they want to win and they're going to hustle and do whatever they have to do to win, as opposed to saying, well, now we're in this, you know, everybody gets a trophy uh, mentality. It makes no difference whether you come in first or fifth or tenth. Uh, that's, that's an interesting, uh, as I say, perspective as well. Uh, let's move on to uh, Dave over in Irvington, New Jersey. Dave, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Mr. Wolf. How are you, Good, sir? how are you? Very well. This is my second time calling your program. Great. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm a longtime Orioles fan, and, you know, I never knew. It, it's really surprising to me that, you know, all this stuff is coming out with Manny Machado. I always thought he was a team guy, you know, but when you, when you think about it, you know, you're in the World Series, okay? You're going to be a free agent next year. Mm-hmm. You know, it would seem like, you know, you're on the world stage. It would seem like you would do any and everything it takes to win. And as I was telling your screener, suppose when I was in school, you know, uh, my teacher said to me, okay, David, um, I'm giving you homework tonight, and here's the, you know, and here's the assignment. And suppose I said, well... No, no, Miss Smith, I don't do homework. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's not my thing. That's not, homework is not my cup of tea. <laughs> well, I, I, I would still be in fourth grade at age 56. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, that, that's, that's, yeah, that's a pretty good point. And, yeah, I mean, that's... It's just, um, it's just sort of, as I said, it's mind-boggling and, and it's a head scratcher. And you're in the, the the World Series. I mean, I mean, and you're looking at free agency. It would seem to me that somebody somewhere would sit down with Manny and say, "You understand that in a few weeks you can file for free agency. So this is your time to really shine and not only play well, but do everything you have to do to show everybody out there that you're a team player and you're all about the hustle at every level." And no, he's just like, nah, sorry, not interested. I mean, it's just, it's just, I tell you, Dave, it's very frustrating to watch all this. And uh, it, as I said, a lot of people are watching this, a lot of kids, and they're thinking, well, um, Manny is great. He's going to be a superstar for a long time, maybe a Hall of Famer, and he doesn't care. I mean, that's really kind of, um, that's where I'm boiled down to. Hey, Dave, thank you for the call this morning. Appreciate it. Okay, pleasure's mine. Thank you. Let's, uh, let's move on to our friend Jack. Smithland over in Farallon. Jack, I had a I, 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 I pretty good idea what you're going to tell me. <laughs> well, well, first of all, Rick, just repeating, your Wednesday session was unbelievable. I mean, you know, the panel was great. Social media is a big topic, and like we talked before, it's not going away, and I don't want to take too much time on it, but um, it was, you know, I, I even got my wife to chime in here, and, and and we're getting her involved now, like I said to you in the text. <laughs> you know, your name comes up often in the house now. You're like, uh, you know, a household name here. So Wonderful. Um, Great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's moving. But, hustle. first of all, if I ever heard one of my players say that to somebody else, I wouldn't wait for them to go out and not hustle. They'd be sitting on the bench for making the statement. I mean, first of all, I believe, as a teacher, once a teacher, always a teacher, it comes back to what you said before. It comes back to learning. It's part of our life lessons program that I just implemented, you know, into my school a few years ago. It's about responsibility. It's about caring. You know, it's about respect. You know, it's not just about you. And talking about 
these great athletes that are making millions and millions of dollars and, and admitting to not hustling. I mean, you know what? Let's start paying our athletes based on merit. You know, let's pay, you know, you know, you, you have a $300,000 contract, okay, or $300,000, 300000000 dollar contract, and I feel you're giving me 50%, half of that comes out, all right? I mean, let's hit them where it hurts. And, but the point is, is that when I was a coach, there was one thing that I always noticed is whether you hustled, not whether you were a great athlete, you had great skills, you could hit or throw or run. I watched the kid go on and off the field. I watched the kid, you know, if he walked out to his position, that's, that was not acceptable for me. I mean, you run, you, you hustle. Kids back in the year when we were kids, you know, you would run through walls for your coach. But you Jack, would understand it. Let me, you ask, know, you, let me but, ask you this, Jack. That were you talking, obviously, you know, when we were growing up, how about, how about coaches today? Do coaches at the high school level, at the youth level, are they really looking at to see if their their top player is hustling, or they look the other way and say, well, what are you going to do? That's just the way the kids put no, together. They're, they're not looking at that. They're looking at whether that kid can score a touchdown or make baskets. They don't care. I mean, one of the biggest faults that I think we have in youth sports is that it's not instructional anymore. It's about winning. You know what? But if it's about winning, how does hustle not make a, how does hustle not come into play there? You know, I mean, if my kid's scoring 15 points a game at the youth level or 20 points a game and he's walking down the court, most coaches are okay with that. I, I, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be. Jack, I, I'm yeah, I know about you. Yeah, I do I, know about you. I, 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 again, this is why I find this whole thing so troubling because and I, I do agree with you. A lot of the coaches today are so focused on winning that they'll say, well, that's just a small price you got to pay. That's the sacrifice for having a star in your team. He, he or she may not be into hustling all the time. He doesn't seem to really care about the team effort or whatever. And, and it's so jarring that it's, it's difficult to get one's head around. Um, and I, I, don't well, know, I don't know what the well, answer is, thing, you know? Right? Yeah. Well, you know what? You will, and I know you will, you'll figure out the answer. And, you know, one of the things that you said before is it's taught at home. It's also part of our hearts. You know, do we have heart? Do we want to go out and give everything for the person sit, standing or playing next to me? Yep. Or do we want to give it for me? You know, and this Machado, you know, he doesn't. He All he wants to do is not get hurt, make his money, and, and move on. You know, it's a big difference also between playing, playing hurt and playing injured. You know, yeah, years yeah. ago, we played hurt. Players today don't play hurt. If you get injured, you get injured. You gotta, you gotta heal the injury. But when you, you know, I mean, I, I remember playing with broken fingers, a broken nose. Yeah. You know, today, I mean, they'd be out for months with that stuff. And <laughs> Jack, it's, I, it's a, a different ball game, Rick. It is. It is. Hey, Jack, thanks as always for your wonderful comments. Yep. Appreciate it. You're, you're more than welcome. I'll uh, see you soon. Thanks, Jack. You know, and, and yep. you know, that's uh, that's Jack Smithlin. Uh, and he's right. I mean, it, it, you know, I remember just brought back memories when I was playing in the minors. You know, you as this, I was, I was a second baseman, and you know, on, on a Monday night, you might get uh, hit by a pitch in your elbow and it hurts like the Dickens, but you don't ask out of the game. Tuesday, you slide in the second base and you get a big strawberry on your butt. You know, that's that's it hurts. Uh, Wednesday, you might uh, you know get um, you know bad hopping into off your knee. 
but you never asked out of a game because there was always five guys waiting to take your spot. You just you just played you played with injuries. That's how it was in those days. And again, these days, no, you got a bump or a bruise. You know, you're you ask out because you don't want to prolong the injury. It's not good for your for your long term career. That's all part of this, and, and that that's part of hustle and part about you know caring about the team and all these things. And again, I worry about whether there's this basic fundamental concept of always working at 100%, making maximum effort, not just for your own personal pride, but also for to benefit the team. I mean, this is something that seems to be suddenly part of the fabric of American sports, and it seems to be accepted, which is really, as I said, quite jarring and difficult to accept. And uh, we can all, you know, hope that, uh, that Manny Machado, talented player, but doesn't seem to get the big picture that he's more the exception than the rule. All right, let me, let me take a timeout. When I return, uh, we'll go right back to your calls here at one 337 6666. Radio.com. And that's right. Uh, after uh, the sports edge this morning at 9 o'clock, it is Mark Malusas and Dave Deal uh, talking about football, obviously, Football Sunday in the NFL. Uh, speaking of the next big event on December 5th, I'm going to be uh, hosting a sports psychology seminar and book signing event uh, over in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Uh, more details to come on that in the weeks to come, but uh, that will be an evening devoted to sports psych and its application for, for young athletes. Uh, and as thank you, as, as always, for your uh, comments and observations uh, on AskCoachWolf.com. It's always good to hear from you and your thoughts on the topics I present on the show. This morning, we're talking about the simple art of hustling and how it seems to be something that is becoming more and more endangered, particularly when you have superstars like Manny Machado saying in front of national media, nah, not really into hustling. It's not really my cup of tea. Uh, this is very, very disconcerting uh, because the, the concept of hustling, which doesn't cost anybody anything, it just is a matter of personal pride to always know that uh, if you're a coach, uh, that your team is going at it 100% uh, all the time. When the, even if it's a lopsided score, if you're in the short end of the stick or you're up by a lot of points, you always hustle. It, to me, it's something that's so basic and so fundamental, such a, a part of one's fabric as an athlete. It's just it's a real it's just mind-boggling to hear top athletes today say or act like yeah it's not that big a deal and and uh, this is something that maybe part of the, the changing landscape when it comes to uh, to sports today and something I've always felt had to be taught and enforced at an early age. If a kid's not hustling, you just either bench him or you sit down and talk to him and explain to him how important it is to hustle, uh, not only just to the kid's own sense of who they are, but also how important it is to the rest of the team. one 337 6666 Let's go to Brad in Middletown. Brad, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, you doing, buddy? Good, Brad. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Listen, uh, first of all, I think Manny Machado, you know, those, you know, I'm just being straight up with everybody. He, 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 he's an idiot. How could you be coming up on a contract year as a free agent for the first time? You go on live TV and it goes viral that hustling is not your thing. And you're going to want a, three, a $300 million contract? Who's going to sign you now? 
I don't even think the Mets will touch him. $300 million, are you not going to hustle? No. Sorry. No way. Yankees won't touch him. And you know the Dodgers ain't going to resign him. So he, he basically burnt his own bridge with a lot of teams. I, I don't even think the Phillies will touch him, man. They got money to spend, too. Brad, I have to tell you, it, it, I'm sure that Manny's agent is like saying, you know, oh, my gosh, wh- why would you say something like that? That's going to be the first item uh, of discussion with any team that's interested in your services. And, yeah, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how – and, Brett, thank you for the call. it would be interesting to see how other teams, you know, react to this in terms of what they gauge in terms of an offer to Machado. Again, no question in terms of his physical ability – Terrific shortstop, great hitter, has power, all, he has all the tools. The question is his mental makeup. Would you be willing to spend $100 million, $200 million, $300 million on a guy who says in front of the national media, I'm not really into hustling? And his actions on the field suggest exactly that. So he's not like he's, he's uh, you know, lying or making this stuff up. He, that's how he feels about it. Very, very strange. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Jeff out in Long Island. Jeff, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. Let me, I appreciate your time. You know, I'm, I'm driving in the car, getting ready to go to the gym. and I couldn't help but finally talk to you about these, the, the, this subject, which is important. I'm going to take you back for a half a second and make this as quick as possible. Uh-huh. When I started playing baseball, Little League, I was nine years old back in 1968-69. Okay. And, and, and after the season, my father told me, if I want to play every inning of every game, become a catcher, because no kid wanted to be a catcher and get that ball thrown at him. So I became a catcher in the age of great catchers, from Johnny Bench to Jerry Grody, Manny Sanguian, Bill Freehand, and you keep going on and on and on. Sure. And after the season, we, we got beat up pretty good. I wasn't a great, great offensive player, but I went out there every day. Fast forward, the end of the season. The great uh, Thanksgiving, day before Thanksgiving, award ceremony for the Little League. And who was on the stage? Two of my favorite players, Willis Reed and Bud Harrelson, were there to present awards for our Little League. Mm -hmm. And you gave out the pitching award, and you gave out the batting award, and the MVP. And at the end of the ceremony, they had one more award to give out, and it was called the Sportsmanship Award. And Willis and Bud got up together and spoke to us about the importance of sportsmanship and hustling and being a part of any team and how important it was. And my father was sitting next to me, and I was just just in awe until they read my name and got called up to that stage after 300 kids playing in this Little League. And I won that award, and I didn't even know what it meant until Willis shook his my hand and, and, excuse me, and Bud Harrelson shook my hand. And I have taken that. I may not have been the greatest offensive player, but I went out there and hustled my rear off every single time. And I passed that on to my kids. That, that statue, that award, still sits in my office today as a reminder to me. And I've raised three young men uh, who are now grown. And the importance of just being the best you can possibly be at every moment, even if the game is lopsided, even if you're losing, even if you're not mentally ready to get out there again on a hot August day. So these comments by Machado ring a little bit, you know, for me personally, a New York, Brooklyn-born kid. I share this with you because I think the importance is just to be alive in that game, to participate and show who you are. So those are my comments. I would like your thoughts on that. Well, Jeff, first of all, that's uh, so well said and very eloquent. And, and uh, you know, for for many, many people, 
who obviously share the same belief as you do about the, the importance of working hard, giving 100%, no matter the situation. And obviously, I, I'm, I'm even doubly impressed that at your Little League ceremonies, at the end of the year, you had Willis Reed and Bud Harrelson. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. I know. It's, uh, it's and, unbelievable. I, I, I will tell you, I'm a nine-year-old. I think that was the biggest hand <laughs> I ever shook in my life was Mr. Reed. And I will tell you, though, to your point, um, we have, listen, I'm a, I'm a baby boomer, if you will. I get it. There's social media. We didn't have all that today. You went out and it didn't really matter. And it, it that, that award meant, means more to me today than it perhaps did then because I was just looking to stand next to Willis well, Reed and Bud I, Harrelson. I mean, but, look, Ben, and what I'm saying, you have Bud Harrelson, who was always known, he, he made his career because he hustled. He out-hustled his, his, uh, his opponents. Uh, yeah. Willis Reed, you know, showing tremendous heart and, and dedication, you know, coming out uh, in, in, the, in the championship playoffs with, on one leg uh, when he was terribly injured and, and making the first two shots. I mean, this that is, is correct. these, these yeah. are things that we cherish and treasure because two finer gentlemen you never would find in sports and Willis Reed and, and Bud Harrelson, you know, they represent and symbolize what this is all about, about giving of oneself to the team. And yet, you know, it's so as I said, the word is jarring. How how we have a kid like Machado saying, "Yeah, it's just not what I do." It's it's very very unsettling. And and Jeff, thank you for for sharing that. You're story. welcome. I you have a great day, and thank you for allowing me to share my story. And hopefully, it'll if any if any kid out there or any parent is out there, think about what I just said to ensure that it's not just always about you. It's about those that you affect around you. And that's most likely what I believe I was nominated by my manager or coach at the time. And I appreciate your time and really enjoyed hey, this morning's conversation. Th thank th you. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, as I said, well said, very, very well done. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you're a mom or dad and you get the sense that you see your youngster is not hustling or whatever, I, I don't, don't wait don't don't put that off and say, well, maybe they'll outgrow it. No, that's the time for a real, you know, a parental chat with your youngster and talk about the importance of 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 being involved in a team and what it means and the commitment and the hundred percent effort all the time, because uh, somebody you know has to set them straight. And these days, as one of the callers said earlier, it may not be a coach. A coach may be focused on something else and and not really focused on on whether or not a kid is giving 100% and hustling all the time. So step up, have that conversation. It is important. Let's go to uh, let's go to Richie in Queens this morning. Richie, good morning. You're on the fan. Yes, how are you? And uh, a nice follow-up after that, that story. You know, you know it's, it's amazing. You know, I talked to Evan and Joe during the week, and, uh, and they both are professing that, you know, it's really great that he managed to get Machado. And you watch these the World Series, Rick, and you, and you see things like, you see guys like, uh, you know, Steve Pierce and uh, and you see guys like Brock Holt and guys that are not the top names and how they hustle on every play because they don't have that firepower that some of these people have. And you look at a Machado and he's left 34 guys on base. And look, I've seen 50 World Series, 60 World Series, so I know you don't always produce but after that incident where he didn't run out the ground ball and he hits that ball off against the wall, and then somebody said, well, it really didn't mean anything because uh, Bellinger popped out after that. But that's no, not the no, point. No, that's the point. <laughs> that, that's not, that is not the point. And, and to say something like that again, you know, you get all of these high-powered guys and you want to get them in for $300 million. And to have that statement read, and 
And like you always said, Rick, because you know, I know you're a coach, and you, you, certain fundamentals people don't have that ability. But the one thing you can always do is hustle. Whether it's a Brandon Nimmo, it's just so it's just so enlightening to see every time he walks or hits the ground ball. Is he ever going to be a great player? No, but people are going to look at that and say, "Hey, that means something." In this day and age, everything has changed. It really has, Rick. I mean, the whole game has changed, but. When people make that kind of comment, it's very, very disconcerting. And I, I, personally, I would not. And I, and I said it about Cespedes when they got him. And, and Joe and Evan thought I was being a little hard because I'm a big San Francisco Giants fan. And you know they won three World Series, but no real big names. Just played top of the line, hustle play, two out hits. Uh, and that's the Richie, kind. Maybe it's old school, I, but that's how I feel. I I hear you, and I I, I applaud you, and I agree with you. And and uh, yeah, th- thank you for uh, for your call this morning. I greatly appreciate it. And and yeah, I mean, I look if you have two athletes and one hustles all the time, like a you know, like a Nimmo, At the end, I'm taking my chances with that kid because the kid have more may have more talent, but in the end, the kid who hustles 100 percent. That's the one that's going to ultimately prevail. And I, I obviously, <laughs> you don't find any analytics on, on hustling, but trust me, anybody will tell you it's exactly how the game should be played and how games are won. All right, let me take a quick time out. I'll be back. Stay with me. Well, again, moms, dads, coaches, if you see your youngster is not hustling, take the time when they're young to teach them how important it is to give 100% all the time in practice and on the games. It's fundamental to all sports. It's simple as that. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Dave Ettinger. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.